Welcome to the Minnesotan Hockey Podcast. The goal of our pods are to give our followers a taste of how great the game of hockey is here in Minnesota. Speaking of great, check out the Minnesotan, a cool and authentic apparel concept, which is a one-of-a-kind, 100% unique to the marketplace. You can visit their flagship store seven days a week in historic White Bear Lake or on the web at theminnesotan.com. On today's show, we sit down with Olympic legend gold medalist Maddie Rooney from Andover, Minnesota. We're going to get to hear about how Maddie got started in the game, started playing goaltender, her career playing with boys, and then ultimately at UMD and and with her gold medal win in Pyeongchang uh, in 2018. It's going to be a great show. I hope you enjoy it. Love is a burning thing And it makes a fiery ring Bound by wild desire I fell into a ring of fire Well, good afternoon, Maddie. How are you doing today? Doing well, Tony. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's an honor. It's an honor to have uh, such a legendary figure on our show. And I, I, I'm sure you're quite embarrassed by me calling you a legend two times already <laughs> in one hour. I'll try not to use that term the rest of the way, okay? <laughs> Definitely caught me off guard a little bit. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm sorry. Uh, a little shock value is good for a, a tough goaltender like yourself. Um, so let's walk through how you got into the game of hockey to start with. Uh, there, there are lots of different ways. It's sometimes it's a brother, uncle, cousin, dad, neighbor. How did you, uh, what was the first time on skates for you? Yeah, I started, um, off with just typical skating lessons probably when I was four and, um, there was no hockey history in my family. Uh, my brother didn't play. And so my parents kind of just threw me into a bunch of sports when I was young and, Ultimately, hockey ended up being the one I wanted to pursue and the one I enjoyed the most, and I guess it worked out. Oh yeah, it did. Um, so, so tell me about the, the 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 track record of other sports that you played. Was it like mm-hmm. play one season, or were you playing a bunch of stuff, getting dropped off, and getting changed in the minivan craziness, or was it just kind of feel it out, and then hockey became it, or did you play a whole bunch of sports as a youth? Yeah, I kind of, as a youth, I just played hockey and soccer. And then um, probably when I was maybe 12, I quit soccer and played softball. And then I ultimately played hockey and softball through high school. Um, balancing softball, it's a spring sport. But obviously, when you're still in high school, you're doing a bunch of spring hockey things as well. And so that was kind of um, a challenge, having like those doubleheader high school games and then also balancing those few uh, hockey practices but I definitely enjoyed it um I was a catcher in softball as you could imagine so yeah I was gonna say probably catcher did you play all the way through your senior year yep and then that had to be crazy though because you have in addition to you said hockey practices like oh yeah it's kind of optional but some of those things are like are are USA they're Minnesota hockey they're somewhat required and to balance that with the the double header of a softball or even just softball practices you can't come Mm -hmm. to your softball coach and go yeah I got Minnesota hockey stuff tonight I can't come to practice they're like "Mm, no you're (laughs) not right yeah, I think I was balancing a lot of the high performance stuff yes. during that time, I want to say. And then, but luckily, my coaches, my softball coaches, were very uh, flexible. They knew I was pursuing uh, college hockey. So they let me uh, 
miss practice or whatever, had to leave early whenever I needed to. That was the next question. Cause it's like, you know, when you're playing on the boys team as a freshman or sophomore, like you were, uh, mm-hmm. and, and doing quite well, I might add, it's pretty well documented that hockey's pretty important to you and, and soccer. And they're just probably a little bit happy to have you right. It's in some ways. <laughs> yeah. My senior year is when I played on the boys high school team, but yeah, that um, softball was always in high school, my second sport, and everyone knew it. And they knew I was just there to have fun, stay active. And I did enjoy the game, and I just loved staying competitive. So it was a great, great way for me to, um, like I said, stay active and competitive during the spring. Technically, I wasn't wrong. You did play high school hockey with boys in ninth grade, which is high school, which you played bantams, correct? So I was, oh, yeah. sorry, a little bit wrong there. But yeah, <laughs> so you did have kind of a crazy career. So you played boys mm-hmm. Basically, your whole life, did you did you play girls at all, or as as a as an Andover Husky, or is it always boys? Yeah, I played girls high school for the Huskies. No, my I'm talking sophomore. about youth. Youth, sorry. Oh, youth. No, I didn't play any girls hockey in the youth. I think I subbed for maybe the twelve U team in one of their. Um, district runs but that's all i can remember that was called the ringer goalie right probably <laughs> yeah uh-huh. um so walk through that uh you didn't play goalie uh at four years old well mm-hmm. you had you were a skater you skated until he squirts how did you make the transition from from uh skater to goalie yep so i always uh was intrigued by the goalie position in practice when they always kind of rotated um positions amongst the youth players and I was always interested my dad would never let me do it because obviously the bad rep goalies have of expensive equipment especially when you're so young. So it's only money that he held it it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> the fact that he'd be a nervous rack too right? Yeah I think well knowing now and seeing all the stress that I put on him I definitely saw their concern a little bit. Right right right. <laughs> But um, so I always wanted to play. And then finally for Christmas one year after begging for like at least a year and a half at this point, they gave me a street hockey goalie pads. And so I was just ecstatic. Um, I would have my dad shoot on me out in the driveway all the time. And And he didn't play hockey, so he couldn't really launch it. Or did he actually get pretty good after a while? He was decent. Like we had, we would always make ice rinks in my backyard or he would make it. I didn't make it, but, and he was decent. Like he would go out and shoot with me all the time and, I was actually surprised, but anyway, yeah, he shot on me. I, I remember them being <laughs> decent shots, who okay. knows, but yeah, he actually didn't think I was good enough, so he didn't tell me that till later, but that's another reason why he kept me from playing the position, and then ultimately, I begged him like after two years, and he finally let me try it, and I just never went back. All right, so it's it's second-year squirts. You go from a skater to goalie. Did you, did you mm-hmm. play on the like the C team, or were you good enough to, to make a B team right out of the gate? I actually made the A team. My Stop first it. Was, Come on. I was very shocked, uh, but yeah, it was great. I made all A teams throughout my youth career that's impressive thanks that's very impressive so i mean i would assume you kind of had to log your way through because you'd never played Mm -hmm. before maybe it was all that driveway uh pads that your dad was working on you and (laughs) yeah for sure i'm glad your dad is not an evaluator for for the youth programs because he obviously didn't think you were good enough right (laughs) no All right, so you, you play squirts and peewees uh, all with boys. Uh, do you have any memories of, like, uh, of just playing with boys, or was it just kind of normal at that point? 
Um, it was definitely normal. I think the memories that stand out the most to me were always those out-of-town tournaments. Um, those hold some of my favorite memories from uh, youth hockey and then also the state uh, tournament we went to my Pee year. And I believe we took consolation. Yep, yep. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. And, and, and always and, just the district runs. Yeah, the district tournament in, uh, and this is where I first saw you play. We'll get to that in a minute. But the district tournaments in District 10, they, they do a really nice job. So winning the district title is a real special occasion. Uh, what stands out to you? Is, is it playing Anoka? Is it, is it, you know, what was it uh, about those district tournaments that were so cool? Um, I think, yeah, I do remember always playing Anoka. And then yes. always it was a packed house. Like, I've been in some packed houses now in my later uh, hockey yeah. life. But I remember as a kid, like, there was always just so many fans. And I was always, it was just such a fun environment to play in. And it was always very competitive. So uh, we talked about this prior to the show. Uh, it's the first year of Youth Hockey Hub. And some guy reached out to me and says, hey, if you're going to go watch a game this weekend, before she goes and plays with girls, you need to see this, he called her, girl goalie from Andover. (laughs) And I'm like, really? And I live in Bloomington. He goes, yep, they're playing in districts this weekend in uh, Anoka. So I get in my car and I drive up there (laughs) and watch this, quote, girl goalie dominate the districts and you guys won the district tournament that year and you were the superstar of the team and you guys ended up making it to state um mm-hmm. even without one of your best players i think tyler moved up to to varsity and you still yeah. made it all the way to the state semifinals and lost to a legendary edina team walk through that season um now it's like it's not cute anymore you know like oh she's cute she's a good goal you know like <laughs> you were like a dominant force and probably one of the best bantams in the state that year uh walk through that team and, and that group of guys well thanks for the kind words i don't think i ever <laughs> saw myself as one of the most dominant players but um we definitely had a good team that year despite losing tyler yeah. um the main game that sticks out to me is that uh semifinal game against edina and i think I know we faced, I want to say we faced them in Peewees too. And Adina's just always good. Right. They're always good. And I was going up against players, like you said, uh, Kiefer Bellows, Masterman, a bunch of notable college players. And I was just, I was confident. Uh, we had a good season, so I was confident. And just going into that game, um, we ended up losing in overtime. But it was just always so fun to play against guys and like be like, I can stop you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just kind of have that swagger. But, yeah, I just really embraced every opportunity that I had. Now, you're still in ninth grade and somewhat still unknown at that point. But uh, mm-hmm. you get to go play with girls the next year. What Was it a tough transition going from playing Bantam AA or Bantam A back then to uh, girls high school? Was it slower, same? What was mm-hmm. it like? Um, it was a little bit slower pace. Um I struggled a little bit with the initial initial transition, um, kind of over anticipating over anticipating plays, and I was being ex- like kind of exposed in that sense and just adjusting to the shot speed. Um, I dealt with that going into my college year too, actually. Yeah. So I struggled with both transitions, but it just took me probably a month or so to get adjusted and eventually uh, hold my own. 
Well, you had a good career. You played two years of girls high school, and you made it to state one year. What was that like? You got to go to the state tournament, so you had that. You got that experience. Was was that a special experience? I bet that was probably the first time for Andover too, wasn't it? Yeah, I, yeah, it definitely was. And the state tournament was awesome. I mean, it's everything. It was hyped up. It's hyped up to be um, probably one of my favorite memories from high school was making that tournament. We ended up taking consolation. Um, but playing in the XL amongst a ton of fans and just it was a cool experience. Did you did you feel honored to help all your friends get out of school too? That's kind of cool too. Right? <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like well, if it didn't do anything, I got you out of school. So yeah, that's our motivation. Yeah, so do it for the others. Then your senior year, you uh, go back and play with the, a lot of the guys that you grew up playing with uh, at the youth mm-hmm. level. Uh, walk through that season. Yeah, so going back to the boys, it was like almost going back to the normal for me. Um, played with basically the whole team that I did in youth hockey. And I didn't even really know it was an option to play boys high school. Um, kind of just came about. I think my dad actually reached out for me. It was kind of just a joke. Yeah. At first, like we would joke around. And I'm like, I didn't actually believe that I could potentially do it. Um, so my dad reached out and he's like, yeah, you can go out to their – summer training program and just see if you can handle it basically um so I did I definitely struggled at first but after probably a month in um I definitely started gaining confidence and doing decent and so I was like yeah I want to do this this year and um playing on that team it was just so great I mean the guys are all so accepting and um they had to make some adjustments obviously yeah having a girl on the team, but they were also um, nice. Like they were some of my best friends growing up. And so it was just great to be back with them. And then it was definitely a challenge. And that's ultimately why I wanted to switch over to boys was to challenge myself and prepare myself going into division one women's hockey. And it's definitely what I got, but it was so much fun and one of my favorite years. Did you know that there was a, I don't have her name, and she was just a little younger than I was. She actually played varsity hockey. She was the varsity goalie for Edina High School in the early, I think it was late 80s or early 90s. Oh, wow. That long ago. I mean, it's crazy how yeah. how uh, that there was someone in walking in your shoes or skates, skating your skates uh, 20, 30 years before you. So mm-hmm. pretty cool. Very cool. And that's what I thought of when you played that year. I was like, oh, I remember. I wonder if she even knew that this existed, you know, 20 or 30 years beforehand. Yeah, she, I didn't. That's she, awesome. she was obviously a really good player. I can't remember her name. It was like Henley or Hanlon or something like hmm. that. I was Googling it as you were talking about that. I was like, I, and I couldn't find it on Google. But I'll, I'll, I'll track that down and send it to you because I think it would be neat for you to know who this woman is because yeah. she's pretty pretty impressive. Um, so now you get to college. Um, by your sophomore year in high school, I'm sure now, especially even even when you get to state, uh, you've you've gotten on the map with with USA Hockey. Walk through the recruiting process and and how you ended up choosing UMD over other schools. Mm-hmm. I just have one point to make uh, about that Adina Bantam game. That oh, just came let's through. hear it. We're going back. I hear it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was some scout in that the stands that game, and I don't remember who he was affiliated with. Uh-huh. But he came up to me after. He's like, you're going to be on the USA team one day. And that is like the first moment that I was like really like I could potentially be on that team. And that guy kind of just sparked like 
another wave of motivation for me. And I didn't even realize like I would be considered to make that team one day. So that was just a random thing that happened from that ban on Medina game. I, I was at that game and it wasn't me, I promise. But I thought, I thought the same thing. Every time I see, like I remember seeing Lily Delanda, she's going to Cornell this year from Blake. I saw her play against boys and just mm-hmm. play so hard and so well. I thought that's what I see some of these girls when they're 11, 12, 13, 14 years old and, and playing, performing so highly. You think that you definitely think that. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, and, and for that person to say that is, is pretty special. Uh, yeah. And, 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 and girls don't think that way. I mean, they're just, Mm-mm. that's what I learned coaching girls. Uh, they're not as uh, self-serving as men. I should, as I, as I say it as a man, <laughs> they just aren't, they don't think that way. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So walk through the, 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 the recruiting process. Uh, it had to have started sometime in 10th or 11th grade, I'm guessing for you. Yep. So it was probably, I remember it starting my sophomore year. Um, I think I received emails prior to that, but I really started looking deeper into it my sophomore year. And the first school I really considered was uh, UMD. Okay. And they were the first ones that really further uh, reached out to me and targeted me as a player. And um, essentially it came down to the Bulldogs versus Gophers. Okay. in my decision. And I chose Duluth because I was really familiar with the city growing up. I had a cabin about 30 minutes away. Okay. And so I just loved the hockey community and I liked the coaches who recruited me at the time. And then I thought um, I would be able to play sooner at Duluth than I would at the Gophers. So and you- that's ultimately what chose my, de- or made my decision. You did play a lot as a, for a freshman considering there was two, uh, uh, seniors right ahead of you. You did get a lot of time, right? Yeah, I played a little over half the games that season, which I was really grateful for. Um, and was you said there was a a, a chance uh, or, or a little bit of a uh, trouble going back and forth between boys hockey and 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 girls hockey or, or women's hockey at that point? Yeah, it's kind of the same issue I faced when I switched from boys youth to girls high school. Um, it was kind of, even though it's Division One women's college hockey, it was still a little bit different pace. Um, and just like, I have a tough time explaining it, but the creativity levels are different, deception's different, and I still found myself over-anticipating plays and just being almost too fast. Like, I'm not saying I'm fast, but yeah. I had to definitely slow down my game a bit, and it was weird for me to, like, work on that as a goalie but it's something I just had to do and try to stay more controlled and less kind of aggressive. It's crazy to say that because and we, you and I talked beforehand, you know, kind of what you're doing now and preparing for the Olympics and all those things, but you're trying to get faster, right? Mm-hmm. You're tr- yep. literally, it's sort of slow your game down or slow your body down. It's a little bit uh, tricky, I would imagine. Yeah, it was definitely different to try to slow down, but it was just something I had to do, and it ended up um, working in my favor. I thought I adjusted quite well, more towards the end of the season, but <laughs> going into my sophomore year was much better. Uh, we'll get to that one in just a second. So before you you get to school, was 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 Coach Miller uh, leaving or fired or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it? Was that before your freshman year or before your sophomore year? It was before my freshman year. Uh, Coach Miller actually was the one who recruited me, so I did commit to her coaching staff. And so 
her being fired, um, whole staff being wiped before going in definitely was um, scary, a little bit of uncertainty. And um, our my freshman class uh, kind of all talked about it a little bit, like everyone was kind of scared, but we decided all to stick with it. And I'm definitely glad I did. Yeah, well it's not like there's a transfer portal, right? It's not like there's, you don't have a lot of options. Um, do you remember um, following the lawsuit and following all that stuff or were you just kind of try to stay focused on, uh, on the hockey? Um, I did follow it. There's a lot of rumors going around. Like there was even a rumor that the Bulldog women's program was being canceled. So like that was a huge right. fear for me. Cause I was like, Oh, okay. I committed to, a college that won't even have hockey in the next four months when I'm going there. So I definitely followed it, but it got to be going on for pretty long. I don't even know if it's done yet. Uh, <laughs> it's but, so yeah. I was just doing some research here. It says, yeah, the trial began in, in the December of or March of 18. You're still at, mm-hmm. in college at this point. You know, it's almost, it didn't, doesn't go fast. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think there was some type of settlement uh, as I'm digging through here, but coach Miller was, I mean, as disgraced as this whole lawsuit and all this stuff. I mean, this is a unbelievable hockey coach and her accomplishments are staggering to say the mm-hmm. least. Uh, the number of national championships, number of coach of year awards. And uh, what, what do you remember about her and, and her value she brought to a coaching or just coaching in general when you were with the whole recruiting process? Mm-hmm. I'd only really met with her once and then a couple of phone calls, but she definitely was intense, um, which you can expect from that successful of a coach and hockey program. Yep. Um, But she was intense, and then I also sat in for a practice, and just the way she ran her practices, they were very structured, very, like, strict. Like, everyone knows what they're there to do, and they're going to get it done efficiently. Like, I really appreciated that sense, and I think she really would have been a great coach to play for. Um, I know she had some bad stories, I guess, but um, from what I saw, she looked like a great coach, and I was excited to play for her, but I understood kind of why she got fired. I'm guessing that um, sticking with the, the the Miller stuff, like one of the things you're probably looking for as an athlete, if you want to ultimately at some point that your goal of making the Olympics and, and playing further in hockey, you want an intense coach. You want someone mm-hmm. who's going to push you. You you know, Rob Stauber isn't uh, actually a beach bum. You know what I mean? Like these are yeah. really intense individuals. So I'm probably that's probably part of uh, what was in your DNA, don't you think, to, to pick a coach like that yeah for sure and she just um when I met with her in person like the value she was displaying um from her personally as a coach and the expectations she had for me coming in that were all stuff that my own values aligned with and I thought it was just going to be a great fit so ultimately she was a driving factor in my college decision as well all right, so let's get to the sophomore year. Um, I love reading this, by the way. Just uh, I like to embarrass you because I've done that a few <laughs> times already today. I was reading your byline and, and on your UMD page, and it says uh, Rooney enjoyed arguably one of the best goaltending performances in UMD history after re- registering, listen to this, 2,250 minutes for an NCAA best 98.6% of Bulldogs goaltending workload the <laughs> second most ever by a bulldog member i mean think about how much hockey that is mm-hmm. that's a lifetime of hockey you did it in one season 
Yeah, that was, I think I played <clears throat> every game that year. And looking back on it, I think that's what allowed me to really uh, succeed that year was just having the confidence from playing every game and knowing that I had the support and from the coaches and believing in me. I think that really allowed me to succeed. No, it's neat though. The, the neat part of the story is now this is, you'd never made a national team uh, until that year, right? Mm-hmm. So you make the national, you, you have this banner year for, for UMD in, in 17 and make the national team. And you actually got a, got a start that spring in the, in the, in the Nash in the worlds. Uh, you got a shutout against Russia. Uh, is your confidence really starting to spike at this point? Like, Hey, this Olympic thing might not be out of, this might not be a 2022 thing. This might be a 2018 mm-hmm. thing, right? Yeah. Um, obviously you have to just kind of keep an open mind like I see players filtered in and out through USA hockey all the time and you got to earn every opportunity and so I wasn't really looking too far ahead at the Olympics at that point even Mm -hmm. though they were a year away I was just kind of focusing on you know making the next camp and then eventually that next team but it all happened very fast because I made that world's roster well my first camp actually I made the winter camp in December and then they Mm -hmm. named the world's roster from that so that was my first camp and I got named to the team, and then probably two months later, I went to the Olympic trials and made that team. So it all happened very fast. So, like goalies like uh, Alex Cavallini, Noel, mm-hmm. Nicole Hensley, these are like veterans, right? These are people with a lot of pedigree. Where do you see yourself against those two and, and others that we're trying out? Yeah, they they have been uh, some of my role models growing up, and um, I mean, I was just happy to be there. And like I was gonna compete as hard as I could and obviously try to take every opportunity that came to me, but I was really just, are you talking about in the tryout or the Olympics? Just, just in general, just in yeah. tryouts, Olympics, whatever. I mean, these are, these are big names, you know, big goaltender yeah. names. And, and now you're in the, in the same locker room as them. And then it really accelerates in August and, 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 and actually into the Olympics too. Yeah. Just competing against them, especially in the tryouts was a great experience. Um, at what point, what, when, when did you make the Olympic team? And, and then when do you tell your coach at UMD that you're not coming back? I mean, is it, what, when, mm-hmm. when is that? Is it August decision? Uh, I think uh, I made the team in May or, yeah, early May. Okay. And then so I told my coach basically right after that. You're, so you're not coming back for the 17-18 uh, the season. And then you guys go to, f- I believe it's Florida and train, correct? Yeah, Wesley Chapel, Florida. And how long are you there? For six months? Yeah, I don't know, six months. We were there from like early August until the Olympics. So like we flew out on January 31st. So Something like that. Something five like or, that. Five or six <laughs> yeah. months. And you're there. Um, walk through training. Um, obviously, there's a lot of practices. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's a lot of... Um, off ice training um i'm guessing diet all the things that go with the training process walk through some of your memories of that process and we'll get to playing against men uh down in florida as well but Mm -hmm. walk through the training part of it was it was it more rigorous than umd or about the same or something is anything different about what happened there yeah, so I trained that summer before residency like I was going into CrossFit year, like the hardest, most intense physical year of my life. Right. But 
really when I got down there, like obviously we were doing these intense off ice training on ice training, but something I really um, respected was that they actually respected like balance. Cause there's such of a age difference. So yeah, 19, I was 19 at the time or 20. Yes. 20 at the time. And then there was also like 31 year olds. And so obviously like the older players are going to need maybe a bit more rest. So yep. Um, we would start off in the morning, like on ice practice, off ice practice, and then throw in like your nutrition meetings, your mental skills meetings. Um, we did a lot of things within the community down there. Um, early on in the residency, we actually did a bunch of team building camps where we went to like the Nike headquarters. Um, yeah, a lot of just meetings going over video, like those six months were very hockey focused obviously as you can imagine um something I really had to incorporate was a balance because like you go to the rink for however many hours a day and then you go home and it's like what are you going to do until practice the next morning because you're in right. Florida it's right. like 100 degrees <laughs> so my roommates actually lived with Nicole Hensley and Kelly Panic, and yep. we would be doing puzzles you know just doing anything to like <laughs> it's almost like winter it's almost yeah. like winter down there, isn't it? Uh-huh. I would go on a lot of walks. It's basically like I was battling this COVID thing again. Yeah. It, there's there's something to that, you know. So who who are your roommates? You said Kelly Panic was one of them? Yep, Kelly Panic and uh, the other goalie, Nicole Hensley. Okay. Um, yeah, being in the in, in the, the depths of, of summer in, in Florida is somewhat of a challenge. Like, it's almost a little mm-hmm. bit like winter. Um, so – during this training process, did you come in in better shape than than you ever been in your life? Walk through the the CrossFit. Was was this something like you just didn't want to be behind? I'm guessing, right? Yeah. So in college, my first two years before I made the Olympic team, I was never the strongest kid, and I knew that. Like, I didn't like in high school. I wasn't one who really did any type of office weight training. Okay. And so college was a shock to me in the training sense. Yep. And so I knew I was already a little bit behind. And so before that Olympic year, I actually like went out and found a trainer and I was like, Hey, you got three months to like whip me into shape <laughs> before, before college, before this Olympic oh, year. For, yeah, all right. Okay. All this right. summer. Yeah. But I was like, you got three months until I go to Florida. I need to get whipped into shape. And like we, I just grinded that summer. I came in, um, I thought the best shape of my life. So that I think allowed me to also excel down there. Okay. All right. So, mm-hmm. um, at what point did you get maybe a sense that, that you and Rob, uh, had, had a bond where it was like, I think this guy might actually play me in the Olympics and I'm not just here. <laughs> right. There had to have been a point where that happened. Whether was it during games? Was it during practice? Or does it maybe during the Olympics that, that you mm-hmm. got that feeling? But at some point he must've given you the, the, the wink, like I might play you and play yeah. you a lot. Yeah, I think I think he's talked about this on the air before, so I'm fine to say it. But, yeah, it's fine. Um, I think in November it was is when he actually told me during a practice that I was going to play in the gold medal game. So I had a sense. Obviously, I didn't let that go too much in my head. I still had to earn every opportunity in the game that I was playing in. Um, but yeah, like he kind of gave me a hint there early on, and started I started playing in more of the exhibition games against Canada and um, even our local scrimmages that we were playing. I started starting in more of those and just getting some more experience under my belt before heading into the Olympic games. 
Does there uh, does that create any strife amongst you and the other goalies, or is this kind of like one of those things that you goalies have to learn to deal with? Yeah, I think it's part of the goalie position. Um, you kind of just learn to accept your role in all positions, um, and it switches like very, very often. Like you could have a bad game and you're on the bench, so like you just kind of learn to accept your roles and just be there for one another. And you know, if you're the one on the bench, you're there. Um, supporting the other goalie and the other teammates. It's just part of the goalie position. It's tough, but only one goalie can be in the net. So, yeah, well, and, and, and like you said, it can one bad goal, one mm-hmm. couple bad goals, and all of a sudden you're on the bench and, and you're staring at uh, you're staring at the, at the from the bench. You got a better view from the bench than the ice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so let's go through the the the, the the chemistry of this team, uh, this 2018 team. A lot of these guys were, had played uh, in 2014, and then you had a lot of rookies. Um, walk through how Coach Dauber brought the, the, the group together uh, to bond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I had mentioned earlier, we did a bunch of uh, team building activities probably like once a week down there for sure. Um, but I think the veterans on the team were the true leaders of building the team chemistry. Um, We did a lot of stuff away from the rink together and just um, connecting more on a deeper level with one another. Um, I think that's what made us so great. Also, like you said, there were veterans and rookies on the team. So there were people who went through those um, past Olympic losses and have been through the heartbreak and, there are also rookies who really went into that year with nothing to lose. So you had people. So we, we as the rookies, I'm speaking, yeah. um, like we saw their uh, heartbreak. Like when they would talk about it, they would still get very emotional. And so we just want to do or be the best players for them. Like they were a lot of our motivation. Yeah. I mean, some of your, your leaders there are, you know, like, uh, um, I'm totally drawing a blank here uh, <clears throat> with Gigi Marvin and, mm-hmm. and, and Hillary Knight, these guys, they're probably, they have a lot of burden on their back when, when mm-hmm. they're in that room. Do you sense that uh, every day or was it just occasionally would, it would come out? No, it was never every day. It was occasionally when those um, more deeper, harder conversations uh, needed to be spoken, but they did a great job of like, leading leading the team just with all their experience it was great for me to look up to them and I know I speak for all the rookies when we say that and they just did a great job of having that um what am I trying to say they're just they just led by great examples and when they needed to talk about their experiences um we use that as a motivation all right so now you kind of by by november you kind of have gotten the nod that you're going to be playing in the tough games uh Mm -hmm. you 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 show up uh for the olympics uh at some point it goes from kind of a dream to a reality right uh when was Mm -hmm. the reality for you because this is my favorite thing like i've talked to karen by and and um Natalie Darwitz, and they, they talk about that Olympic moment. Like, you know, when what was your Olympic moment? Not obviously the, the winning the, the Olympics, but just the, what was your Olympic moment? Like, wow, I'm one of the best athletes in the world. Um, I'm in the – was it the opening ceremonies? Was it the meeting somebody? What, what was it about uh, your, your first experience that, that you really will always remember? Mm-hmm. Definitely the opening ceremonies. Um, 
just meeting a bunch of elite athletes that I would always just like see on TV or on social media. And I was like, I never thought I would come in contact with them in my life. And it was like Sean White. That was the first one I wanted to meet. And I was fortunate enough to meet him. And he was just so great. Like, Are you serious? Me about my, yeah. He was just like asking me about my life and actually having a great conversation. I was like, wow, you're an awesome person. And it's so weird to see you here in person. Have, but, you, have you ever seen the video, the Mountain Dew baby video? With Sean White. I think, I think I know what you're talking about, yeah. <laughs> he was 19, won his first golds, and they were interviewing him on national news. And, and he goes, yeah, I was getting, like, free snacks and drinks. And the, and the guy goes, wait, you're only 19. And he goes, Mountain Dews, baby. <laughs> he was so <laughs> funny. You know, he just uh, he's just uh, a real character and uh, mm-hmm. an unbelievable athlete, too. Yeah, but just walking in, like, as one big uh, group amongst that world stage um i don't even know how many of us there were but it seemed like we took up a ton of the stadium uh being team usa but it was just so special i think that's definitely when it hit me like wow i'm at the olympics and just seeing all the different countries it was just really special uh were your parents or brother there at the olympics yeah both my parents were they came in for uh the games um and at any point did you get to see them during the olympics before or during the games or maybe just after yeah i would see them after the games and then maybe um i would go walk around uh i forget what the city was called but it was up in the mountains where the winter like skiing and snowboard yep. was being held so the mountain village i think we called it um we would go walk around up there and explore and didn't have too much downtime I mean when you have downtime at the Olympics you obviously want to be resting um but when I did have a little bit of free like an off day or something I definitely went around and explored with them that was my next question during the Olympics as an Olympic athlete uh maybe after your games were completed and medal Mm -hmm. ceremony stuff did you guys were you able to go take in any of the events like like snowboarding or or you know ski jumping or downhill skiing or blues or anything like that yeah i was actually there for the curling match when the men won gold and it was really cool because a lot of that team was from duluth yes so yeah i really didn't know much about curling i was just cheering when i thought good things were happening but um (laughs) it was it was so like cool to see them win and then um seeing the celebrations back in duluth yeah, that was pretty neat. Um, so, uh, 19, go back to 1998. I was talking to Karen Bai, and she, after they won gold, and and she was a hero on the team, and uh, she said she went on kind of a, a whirlwind tour after mm-hmm. the Olympics. Did you have any of that? I mean, especially considering uh, the role that you played on that team. Did you go on yeah. uh, tours, or did you go on Johnny Carson, or you know, I mean, she went on Johnny Carson and a lot of these things. Did you any have any of that? You know, huge fanfare afterwards. Yeah. Oh gosh. We went on a big media tour. Um, the two, my two favorites were being on the Ellen show and then also being on Jimmy Fallon and I, so you were on Johnny Carson. That's Johnny Carson's my era, right? So that's kind of neat. Jimmy Fallon. uh That's kind of neat. Okay. So, uh, that had to have been like unbelievable. Right, like yeah, this, it this, was crazy. like the Olympics, you can kind of believe, right? Winning gold, mm-hmm. you can kind of believe, but Jimmy Fallon, that's like a completely different sphere for you. 
Yeah, no, it was a crazy experience. I never thought I would meet Ellen or Jimmy Fallon or many other um, big name people that we were fortunate enough to meet. Um, but like, I thought I was nervous for the gold medal game. And then going on these shows, like, I don't know how I did the game. Like, I, I don't know how I get so nervous for my college, like public speaking classes. And you're doing, like, and you're really botching this interview too, by the way, I'm kidding. Yeah. You're doing great. Yeah. And I get just so nervous. Like my teammates really had to calm me down before I went on those shows because on Jimmy Fallon, only four of us were on the couch and I was the one closest to Jimmy and I was stressed. Like I probably look stressed if you ever watched the clip, but it was just so great. And I was just so fortunate to have those opportunities. I just remember that. I mean, from, from uh, my memory and then you, obviously, obviously the saves, we'll get to that in just a mm-hmm. second, but it was like a social media just exploded with Maddie Rooney. So I'm 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 kind of embarrassed. I didn't even know you were on on um, Jimmy Fallon and Ellen because there was just so much of Maddie for like 72 hours. It was just constant Maddie, Maddie, Maddie. And it's just like you were one of us. So it was it was neat that you were getting all this publicity, but it was like I couldn't keep. There was so much of it I could barely keep track of it. Yeah, I think the most famous line I would see on social media or anywhere was how I was seven months old when they won the last Olympics in 98. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a big moment for, for USA hockey. That's for sure. Uh, okay. So now we got to get to it, right? Um, how many times, what was your record, the team's record uh, going back to maybe the August series? How were you guys against Canada going into this uh, tournament? Cause I, I just know that it's, 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 it's all or nothing when it comes to Canada. Mm-hmm. Where, what were you guys opinions on Canada? Where were you with uh, Canada at that point? Yeah, we had um, a lot of exhibition games before the Olympic Games, and we were not doing too great. We had a lot of, I remember, overtime losses and just regulation losses. Uh, We did win the Four Nations Cup, right? um, and we did win the exhibition game debut. Um, But I remember like going into the Olympics with a lot of losses under our belt against them, and I don't think any of us were scared by it. Like, we kind of obviously took it as a motivating factor and like when you play a team however many times I think it was like seven times like you know a lot of their tendencies and it's tough to beat a team five times in a row like they were gonna have to so I think we were just more excited and they beat us in that preliminary round too in the Olympics right so Mm -hmm. it it was that's 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 the game you don't want to win right yeah (laughs) there's only one game that matters right the semifinals and then the and then the finals and there really wasn't Mm -hmm. much doubt whether you're going to make the semifinals or not um Mm -hmm. in my opinion um okay so let's walk through the, the 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 shootout um we talked a little bit about it before um uh before the show um Shootouts are shootouts, right? You've been in many of them. How much practice uh, did you guys put into shootouts and and moves and saves and defense and preparation? Did you prepare for Canadian shootouts, uh, the shooters for the shootouts, or was it just mm-hmm. kind of more feel? Yeah, when I would imagine the gold medal game, I would have never pictured it going into a shootout. So. I mean, luckily, we did practice shootouts probably once a week leading up to the Olympics. So we would, um, like, we were familiar with it. Obviously, we had practiced on it or practiced it. And me as a goalie, like, I don't read really too much into 
like what I think players are going to do, what they've done in the past, what their tendencies are, because I think personally, I'd probably just psych myself out. So like for me going into shootouts, I just always tell myself, expect the unexpected and just read the play. Right. Um, do you, when you look up and you see these Canadian players skating at, do you know who they are? How much, how much do you know mm-hmm. their, their shooting styles? Yeah, we had played against them quite a lot at this point. So I would know who everyone was, maybe even just by their stick blade. Like I didn't even really have to look up at their face, but um, I was familiar with a lot of their tendencies, but I'd never leading up to that point, I'd never seen them in a shootout. Like I think I probably faced two breakaways within other games, but so I wasn't really reading too much into that at all. So like, uh, for example, in in these sh- plays, uh, like Augusta, so for, for she mm-hmm. comes in on you and she does these big, wide, sweeping angles at yeah. you. That's that was popularized by by TJ Oshie in the Olympics prior. Does that hurt you? Help you? Does it mellow you? What does it do when 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 they do stuff like that? Yeah. Um. So you saw she scored. The first goal, yeah. I think it was the second second, second round, shooter, but she yeah. was the first goal, yep. yeah. And I just completely read the play wrong, and she took advantage of my mistake. And, like, sometimes goalie is a little bit of a guessing game, and I just completely guessed wrong, and she capitalized on that. But when she goes wide like that, yes. like, it is hard. it is hard for a goalie to read. So, like, I think... If players are listening to this, like take notes. Well, that one especially, I wa- I don't know why when I, I would watch this mm-hmm. over and over preparing for this uh, pod, um, hers was special because I that's a mm-hmm. move kind of like Jocelyn's move uh, to win it. Um, her move was special because she accelerated. Mm-hmm. She did the wide sweep and then she accelerated and then just fired it about 14 yeah. feet out. And I was like, Poor Maddie. There's yeah, no way to so read that. I was, what was yeah, your read? I was not expecting her to shoot. I was expecting her maybe to um, bring it across. Yes. Um, but I was not. I don't think I was expecting her to shoot at all. And she just exposed my upper right shoulder. Yeah. I mean, she had a bunch of room. No offense, but she had a bunch mm-hmm. of room on that one. I know. <laughs> it was like, wow. But I know. I watched that over. I was like, wow, that was that was ugly. But you, I mean, then and then you have the 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 uh, Forsberg move happened to you too. Mm-hmm. I mean, for, for as unbelievable experience, this is as two of the goals were unbelievable goals that they had scored. Mm-hmm. And then obviously the winner for the U S was with Jocelyn. We talked a bit, a little bit before the show, uh, walk through that move. Had you ever seen that move before? No, I had never seen that move before. She definitely kept that one in her back pocket. And I was just, like, for her to pull that move off in that pressured situation and have the confidence to do it, like, that just shows who she is as a player and the creativity she has. Um, definitely was happy that I was hit the goalie on the other end for that one. Like, Zavados gave a great effort, but <laughs> that would definitely be a confidence killer for me. Like, that was just so cool. I think uh, – Watching the game back, the announcers call it electrifying, and it definitely was electrifying. It was electrifying. Amanda Kessel had an unbelievable goal too. It's just mm-hmm. that I mean, that's like years and years of preparation to score on that high of a shot from that short out is mm-hmm. amazing, uh, absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. And then after the, after the uh, is it, I can't pronounce her name. Doust is that how you pronounce her last name? Yeah, Dow. Dow. I think after her, she does the Forsberg move on you, and from that point on, you 
buckled down and, and won it all for you guys. Walk through the last shooter. Because it's yep. right after Lemieux, uh, Lamoureux scores, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was Augusta again. Um, yep. So I knew she had previously scored. I still wasn't trying to read too much into it, but um, that was obviously in the back of my mind. And I think, well, obviously she was trying to go five hole, and I kind of just blacked out during the moment. Like, I don't know what was going on. But. All I remember is doing the little scoop thing to make yes, sure the make sure it didn't go going. in, right? Yeah, because I saw it rolling a little bit, and then just the dog pile. Um, so um, it's it's funny you should say that she had had beaten you on the blocker side, right? Mm-hmm. And you had to have been extra careful blocker with her right because she knows i can mm-hmm. beat her again it's you know kind of go back to Oshi, right Oshi just worked the same move over and over and and couldn't couldn't stop it right were you afraid of blocker side on that or were you just trying to read and not get fooled again yeah i was kind of um just trying to read it but i kind of was more aggressive on her than i was previously because i kind of tried to make her do a move because i think like, I think it's way harder when players shoot in a shootout than do a move. So I was trying to have her do a move, which she ended up doing in my favor. So Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go through. I'm watching it right now again. I'm, I want to watch what you did, what, what, what you consider be aggressive. Because it's hard. Mm-hmm. So you came out. You were definitely high, but you still had yep. – your heels were still in the crease. Momentum, yeah. yeah. So momentum going backwards. You still had but... some going back. But you – compared to the first time she shot – you were your toes were on the on the tip of the crease there, so yeah, mm-hmm. you definitely were more aggressive. And and let's go through the dog pile. It had to be just a complete blackout after the celebration, right? Yeah, uh, all I remember is really just doing the little scoop thing, and then seeing all my players running at me. I uh, my memory of this is I woke my family up on last uh, on Lamaru's goal, and then I think I woke <laughs> the neighborhood up on your save. That was. <laughs> I had, for whatever reason, and, I, and again, I'm a male, 40-some-year-old male, but the, mm-hmm. something about 2014 was so hard for me to watch and, and, and take all that on. And, you know, you know that just inches away from winning kind of thing um, was so hard uh, as me as a fan. And I can mm-hmm. only imagine, you know, some of the, the, the women that were on that team and how much joy they had that, that evening when you guys won. Oh, yeah, for sure. You definitely saw and felt like just a relief and so much joy throughout the whole team. Um, we talked a bit about the post, uh, you know, going on the media tour and all that mm-hmm. fun stuff. But uh, talk about that night with, with the team, because I'm sure that's something that you'll never forget. Yeah, I think I was up. Um, oh, man, I don't remember. I think the game was at noon, actually, yep. in South Korea. And so I think I was up basically all night with everyone just going around the village. Um, We mainly were hanging out with the parents and the rest of the team at the check house, weirdly enough. Um, But just being with the team and enjoying the moment and making a ton of memories was very special. And like you said, I'll definitely remember it for a long time. So uh, after the game, um, when 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 was the medal ceremony? Was that the next day or was it that day? Um, so we received the medals right on the ice. Oh, there you did. Okay. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. Cause sometimes they have like a medal ceremony too. For, was yeah. that like a, is a team ceremony then later? Yeah. Um, 
we're recognized like during closing ceremonies, but we don't do any of like the, uh, what is it called? Like the pedestal type things like the individual people do. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, okay. So after the Olympics, you go back to college. Mm -hmm. How is that? I mean, Neil Broughton did it. I mean, there's a lot of people that have done it. They've gone back to college. Was was it a was it a was it a reality check for you, or what was it? What was it for you? Yeah, I struggled uh, my junior year after the Olympics, just with um, it was a lot of things I brought upon myself, just dealing with the outside pressure and the expectations. Uh, I think like going into the year. I received like preseason player of the year and like things like that. I just had really high expectations, which I embraced. I like, I thought I was embracing, but it really took a toll on me and I kind of crumbled beneath it that year, but it was, I definitely um, needed that to grow and learn. And coming out of that was something that was great for my career. I mean, like my senior year, I was really happy with my play and, everything but my confidence took a hit that junior year but just growing out of that and realizing like I'm gonna play for fun of the game again and not realize or not get too caught up in what everyone else is thinking and just playing for my teammates and having fun was something that I really needed to focus back in on and change my mindset so now you have you've played in and in, in probably the best league in, in in the WCHA playing against Wisconsin and Minnesota uh, mm-hmm. eight times in a year. Um, does that prepare you playing in, in a tough conference and at such a high level? Does that prepare you for the next steps of of making the twenty twenty two team? Yeah, I think even my first two years before the twenty eighteen Olympics really prepared me and was playing in that WCHA, like really competitive and intense games every weekend. And even the, my own teammates challenged me every day in practice, I think definitely prepared me for those, uh, the higher level. And my past two years as a junior and senior definitely allowed me to still grow as a player and um, get better and prepare me for now when I'm in the post-grad life of the PWHPA and hopefully going for the next 22 Olympics. All right, let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, you know, people know we've we've talked a lot about uh, Maddie, hockey player, Maddie, athlete, mm-hmm. Maddie. But let's just talk about Maddie, the person. So after <clears throat> after uh, those the, the two years of the Olympics, you you ended up earning your degree at uh, UMD. This just this mm-hmm. past so you just just graduated now, or was it <laughs> mid semester? What was it halfway or just this? Yeah, past I spring? graduated uh, maybe three weeks ago now. Okay, yep. awesome! Congratulations. Thank you. No big party yet, is there? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not yet, but someday we'll have a big party for you. All right, so, and what did you get a degree in, and what do you want to ultimately do when, when hockey's over? Yeah, I got a degree in um, business marketing. I want to eventually end up in sports marketing. So when I stop pushing off that adult life and continuing to play hockey. And, and by the, the way, some advice, keep pushing it off. As <laughs> long as you possibly can, it's, it's totally overrated. Yeah, that's my plan as of now. But eventually when I hang up uh, the skates, I want to get a job in sports marketing and work with 
some professional team, hopefully professional team on the marketing side of things. Well, that's a good, that's a good career for you. I think mm-hmm. you got a good, good handle on it. Even though you get nervous speaking in public, yeah. <laughs> you'll do just fine. Um, okay. Uh, so you, you have, you earned your degree. Um, and this year, uh, if we have a hockey season, uh, you'll be playing in the PWHPA, right? Mm-hmm, correct. Um, and and you'll be playing around the country uh, uh, on weekends type of thing, or do you, do you train and practice together too as a team? It's a little bit tricky to, to understand yeah. the, the whole divide between the two leagues and all that stuff. So what is what is the routine? What is you assuming you make a team because you have mm-hmm. to make the team? Assuming you make a team, um, where uh, what exactly will it look like for for Maddie next year? Yeah, so the tryouts will be in August for uh, the league, and the league is divided by regions. So I will be trying out for the Midwest region, which is essentially the Minnesota team. Um, it consists of it will consist of mainly Minnesotans, and then a few players will be um, flying in and out for local games. But um, so that will look like we will play local scrimmages against. Uh, I know in the past, last year they played against some high school boys teams and then yeah i think they played forest lake last year for sure okay and then a few others and then uh we'll fly out like i want to say twice a month maybe and play the other regional teams and i know they're adding a few teams in canada this year so we'll even have more teams to fly out to and play against and yeah, so when we do the showcases, they're called showcases. When we fly out, we do uh, the games, and then we also will be involved in the community around there, like doing um, youth camps and uh, maybe being at local maybe high school games. I mean, anything really just to be involved within the community and showcase women's hockey in the PWHPA. Well, that will be fun to follow. I've always, mm-hmm. I, I love watching uh, how uh, women go from, you know, young girls to playing the game to high school stars to college stars. And then uh, the more we can help to promote uh, the, the, the women's game to, at the professional level, the better. I, I, I don't know, no matter what the initials are as, are, as far as I'm concerned, it's, it's getting more and more women playing the game. And I'm sure you, you're, you're supportive of that as well. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Uh, women's hockey is growing. Yes, no question about that. Um, so let's talk about that. Uh, you, you have just accepted uh, assistant coaching job at Centennial High School, and it won't be just goaltending. Talk about what your role is going to be coaching the Cougars. Yeah, so I will be the assistant um, defensive coach, and I'm really excited for it. Obviously, being a goalie, um, you're basically a defense player, and I always – know what's going on I'm always in the defensive meetings amongst the team like so I understand the position quite well I've just never coached it strategically so I'm excited to like take all these thoughts in my head about the game and like I've yelled at many players during the game like at my defense (laughs) like get to this spot like I think I'm just a pro at it apparently but I'm really excited to uh, just share with them my uh, knowledge and my experiences it's so weird that you bring that up because um, what a uh, traditional skater, let's call him a defenseman or forward, uh, sees, they see the game from the bench or they see the mm-hmm. game from the ice, right? And they're on the ice a third of the game in theory, right? You're mm-hmm. on the ice 100% of the time and you're seeing the ice from behind the play. 
Yep. Um, so whenever I hear about a goalie being a coach, like a Patrick Watt, just throwing that out there, right? Um, does do, Is there something to that? Do they see the game differently? Do you think you're going to see the game differently and can teach the game better? I wouldn't say that I can teach the, the uh, game better than Sean. Sean was my youth boys coach, and he was a great coach. I really looked up to him. But going back to your question, like goalies, I definitely think see the ice very well like you said we're on the ice for everything and we have that behind the back view of everything like the play could be in the offensive zone and I'm down there like yelling where to pass to (laughs) like I know they can't hear me I think I have a bigger voice than I do but I think it's very valuable to hear a goalie's perspective and I hope they uh respect that do do all goalies yell instructions because I, I don't see it all the time and I'm, I don't I don't think it's great because it's probably good you know good for your uh meditation like to yell and talk and be involved in the mm-hmm. game versus just sitting there saying nothing do, do you do you encourage that or as a coach or or not um no everyone uh reacts differently throughout yeah. the game like Personally, like I'm not like a huge yeller. Like don't, I'm talking like I am, but I'm no. Really but it's probably in your head, right? Yeah, You're thinking like it, I'm right? always thinking about like things in my head, and I think that's personally just how I stay really involved. Like I don't want to be someone looking in the stands or anything like that. Correct. <laughs> want to be Correct. involved in every play. All right, so um, we're running low on time here, and, and this mm-hmm. is a, a fun question, and, and I'll, I'll kind of set it up here, and I, I talked to you a little bit before the show about this. So I was with, uh, I had a chance to coach Dave Christian, coach with Dave Christian, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, former gold medalist, whatever, Olympic, Olympian, and, and we just we just got to talking one day about something. It came, The topic of the 80 Olympics came up, and it dawned on me at that point that someone asks him probably every day about his 80 Olympic experience, which then dawned on me that, you know, you're in your 20s right now. And do you realize Mm -hmm. when you're 60 years old that little kids or hockey writers or whoever, they're going to continue to ask you about 2018? And are you prepared for that? (laughs) Yeah, I am. I mean, I always embrace any little kid that runs up to me or has those wide eyes. I'm very humbled by it. And I still have those like random grocery store run-ins of like moms or dads asking me all these questions and like saying where they watch the game from. And I always, I think I'll always just really enjoy those conversations. And maybe when I'm 60, 70, I won't love it as much anymore, but I, I think I'll always embrace them. It was just crazy. I mean, he's 60 years old. I mean, he was 22 when it happened. I was like, mm-hmm man alive how many times you have to talk about it and not get sick of it he goes no i never really get sick of it it's just kind of kind of becomes the fabric of who i am and and that's just what i have to do to talk about it and and uh it's an honor that's the way he looked at it It was an honor Mm -hmm. to to, to be part of that um so you talked about wide-eyed a little bit you know you're going to be a coach uh at at centennial and you're going to be coaching uh as well, doing some goalie coaching uh, outside of Centennial. Uh, how do you work with that? What, what is what is going to be the recipe success for you? Because it's like, you know, it's not every day you get Maddie Rooney to be your coach. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Rob Stauber being your coach. You know, like Rob Stauber won the Hobie Baker Award. That's yeah. pretty rare. And, and he runs a goalie coaching school. So to get him as your coach in the Olympics was probably pretty special. Now you're the next generation. You got a 12-year-old girl or a 15-year-old girl or even a future Olympian 
10 years from now. How mm-hmm. do you, how are you going to manage that and with your name attached to it? Cause you're not just some average coach. You're Maddie Rooney. Yeah. Sorry um, to embarrass you. Sorry. That was that's the third time, right? <laughs> no, specifically yeah, going into this Centennial high school coaching position. I definitely um, want to make the girls know that like, Hey, I'm just, I'm just another coach. I'm just another player. Like I don't want them to, Hopefully after a month in, they won't still look at me with that ooh-la-la eyes, you know, yeah. but I really just want to um, connect with them and like make relationship, not be a friend, but kind of just be one, you know, someone to come and talk to and hopefully they'll respect my voice and experiences and um, th- those uh, wide eyes won't be as wide big anymore. After, yeah a few months no i i agree and and i i've had wide eyes uh watching you since you were in bantams uh and mm-hmm. i i it was a, a really cool experience you play uh in districts and then obviously i saw you again in state uh and then the success the supercharged success that you've had is uh so exciting to watch and we're so excited to have you here on the show today and anything else you want to say to your uh, adoring fans uh today before we <laughs> sign off um, any youth players listening, I uh, just want to tell them to dream big. That's what someone told me when I was, one of my role mo- models told me when I was young and it's something that always sat with me. So just to dream big and always set goals for yourself. Well, thanks a lot, Maddie. I really appreciate your time today. Um, as being part of the show, you're going to get a t-shirt from the Minnesotan. Uh, thanks to the Minnesotan again for their sponsorships of the pod. Make sure to stop in and check out or jump online and enter the code tradition for free shipping and handling for YHH listeners. Thanks for tuning in today's show. We'll hope to see you around the rink soon. Mm-hmm.